welcome to another incredible... I just kind of stubbed something. You know, and this is the part where in other shows they would edit that out because, you know, they want to be professional. I don't. This is another wonderful episode of Velvet Al Watches Movies So You Don't Have To. I have been listening to some other bad movie podcasts lately to kind of get a sense of, you know, how I compare... And everyone else seems to actually do their homework beforehand, and they watch the entire movie and take notes and all that, whereas I'm kind of just half-assing it and recording as I watch the movie. So, so I may not be as polished, but that's fucking punk rock, man. And, you know, you get more from deep in my heart and my soul as you're getting those initial reactions before I can spend too much time trying to think what's going on so the way i'm like the surrogate for you the listener like i am experiencing what you would be experiencing and bringing it to you in real time except i no longer do the real time thing so the episodes are actually shorter where was i going with this because i never ever go with anyhow uh these other bad movie podcasts a lot of them seem to have, like, Patreons that you can join, which Patreons are, like, the non-porn version of OnlyFans, which technically OnlyFans is not a porn site. Everyone's just kind of turned it into one. But Patreon, you know, if you join and subscribe, and they give you uh, great exclusives, like, you can pick a movie for them to watch. Ooh, how fantastic! You know, I give you guys that for free. You can pick any fucking movie you want for me to watch. And very few of you actually take me up on that. And I curse the name of anyone who does take me up on it. Because you have made me watch some really shitty films. And the other thing that seems, like for Patreon, like you can watch like the video version of the podcast. Yes, you can watch them recording it. Because, oh wow, that's so exciting, isn't it? You get to see them talking into a microphone. What the fuck? But I might do that, because at least with me, I'm recording these naked, because why the fuck not? You know, you don't need pants to do a podcast. You don't need clothes to do a podcast. And I live by that credo. So at least if you join my Patreon, you will see things that you will wish you didn't see. But now we're moving on to the meat of the matter. Which really, like, you know, you only get a few minutes of me, like, rambling incoherently. I get straight to shit as quickly as possible. Unlike those other... Those other fucking podcasts that take notes and do studies and do homework. They take forever to get to reviewing the actual movie. I'm getting to the meat of things. And I realize it's kind of ironic because I am still rambling on and not getting to the point. But this is the St. Patrick's Day episode. Whether or not I actually put it up on St. Patrick's Day, I haven't decided yet. But I was thinking of, like, trying to find a St. Patrick's Day-themed horror movie. Because really, there has to be one, right? I couldn't find one specifically, like, set on St. Patrick's Day. And I can't do the Leprechaun movies because as part of this podcast is... It's movies I haven't seen yet. And <laughs> me, I fucking love me, the Leprechaun franchise. So yes, I have already seen those films. And so anyhow, I was looking for like, oh, well, what can I do? When I found this movie, because I thought like, well, let me go for some sort of bad Irish-themed movie. And I found Fatal Deviation. And I know nothing of the plot of the movie. I only know this. It's an Irish martial arts film. That's all I need to know. I am watching this shit. And I can't tell you yet if you should or shouldn't. But that's the irony of this. Like, you know, you don't find out if you should watch this movie until the end. And by then you've already heard all the plot points. But sometimes, you know, you need to hear, like, the plot points and you're like, no fucking way that's the shit that happens in this movie. I have to watch it for myself. In that case, you know, I ex- bear no responsibility since this is Velvet Owl watches movies, so you don't have to. 
So I bear no responsibility for you actually watching any of these movies. On with the show. Fucking Irish martial arts film. Like, just blows my mind that such a thing exists. Okay, and first off, this movie has a celebrity. Mike Graham. From the rock band Boyzone. I don't know who Boyzone Boyzone is. Never fucking heard of this group. Maybe they're an Irish group. They are like, you know, the modern day U2. Could be. I don't know. But the fact that the movie felt the need to let me know. You know, like, when you get like a rocker in a movie, like, you don't see John Bon Jovi from the band Bon Jovi. Which, you know, would be kind of obvious. And... That was a good joke that I did not mean. Bon Jovi was just the first rock guy I can think of that has also been in movies. So if Alice Cooper's in a movie, you don't say, oh, yeah, that fits. That time was intentional. That's, I was trying to repeat the joke. The rule of threes. So, But, you know, you get my idea. <laughs> when a rock star is in a movie, the movie credits don't say, from band X. Not the band X. Because this isn't a Japanese film. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, there is an American band called X. I'm not cool enough to listen to them. So anyhow, like, the credits tell you that he's from a band called Boyzone. And, but, best of all, they specify it's from the rock band Boyzone. Which was probably, like, um, the members of Boyzone demanded that be like specified because if you told me boy zone i would automatically assume a boy band as we all rightfully would what kind of name like is this an ironic rock band like ha we're boy zone get it because we're fucking tough alpha males so we're gonna call ourselves boy zone and this is from rising sun productions which um starts off with giving us their website, just so you know, like, how low-level this is. You know, Universal Studios films don't start off with, visit www.universalstudios.com. No. Because they are a big name. They are... But even, like, low-level production companies, they typically don't give you, like, their website address until the end of the film. But these credits are pretty good. Um... It stars James Bennett, and it's directed by J. Bennett. So does that J stand for James? Is the star also the director of the film? Or, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think it was the script was by J. Bennett. And I could be wrong, even on, like, the last name. But I'm not going to rewind it. Because fuck that, I don't do my homework, and I don't really bother giving you the full rundown. But... The credits are fantastic, as short as they are, because it's just obvious a guy just got, like, Movie Maker for the first time and was just having some fun. Like, my first edit studio app program. You hear that fine, lovely sound? I'm guessing that's Boyzone. Because, uh, you know, in exchange for having a part in the movie, they gave them the song. I don't know if this Boyzone, but they painfully want to be you too, so I'm going with it's Boyzone. Because um, if you got the actor, you might as well get him to use his music as well. Um, you know, they hire Eminem to do 8 Mile. They didn't go then get some crappy rap 
white rapper to <laughs> do the music. No, they said, well, we got Eminem, might as well have him do the music too. And yeah, I know the movie was about Eminem, basically, so it wouldn't make sense to have someone else do the music. So, I guess Will Smith would probably be a better... Does he, he doesn't even do the theme songs to his movies anymore, now that he's like a serious dramatic actor. And that just sucks. I, I miss the days of, you know, he does, does this dumb, like, big action summer budget... Not summer budget, but summer blockbuster film... And he raps the theme songs. We need that back. You know, he needs to, you know, that fucking movie where he's like Venus and Serena Williams' dad. He could have rapped a song for that. Just saying. But, so the movie starts off with Irish Fighter. And I can't quite tell if he's his Irish accent is real. Because it almost kind of sounds like it's fake, but I don't want to accuse him of cultural appropriation and faking an Irish accent. Because I think this is filmed in Ireland? I don't know. Looks like the live, lovely Irish landscapes. I don't know. I don't even really know what Ireland would look like. Um, you know, let's think about it. I don't know if I've actually watched a film that's set in Ireland. Because really only, like, rom-coms get, ever get filmed in Ireland. And I don't do that genre. Um, now that I think about it, I don't know if I've even done a rom-com for this podcast yet. If I haven't, I'm going to try my best to avoid it at all costs. No, that's not right. I did do some. But I'm going to avoid it at all costs for future films. So this Irish fighter, he's leaving the reform school that he must have graduated from or something. And he's got a inner monologue narration voice where he's talking about you know he's been dedicating his life to become a fighter so that he can find out what happened to his father um yeah <laughs> just your typical like you know I must study the arts to revenge my father's death but this time I am Irish and yeah I'm gonna keep slipping into like a bad Irish accent that I think is no worse than this actor's Irish accent. And this guy is probably actually Irish. So Irish fighter. Good old mug. I don't know why I said mug. I'm not calling him mug. He just has a cool mug. His face is just... You see, if you subscribe to my Patreon that doesn't exist, you could have seen me make the face of what this guy's making and understand where I'm coming from, why I think he's a cool mug. So he's walking across the Irish side and comes to some other building, but the door has a padlock on it. Um, is it the padlock? Yeah, like the the key, the kind of lock you need a key for, the old school padlock. Whatever, why do I get so distracted on my shit like, what kind of lock is this? It's a lock, that's all we need to know. And so he grabs a rock and just fucking bashes it to break the lock so he can go inside the house. Fucking breaking and entering. This is not part of your train, was it, for the martial arts? But the house has already been ransacked, so he puts everything in order. Because, you know, if you break into a place and it's already a mess, you know, then you're kind of just thrown for a loop and you figure, I might as well just clean the place, right? I would think so. So that's what he does. He cleans. Actually, I think this belongs to someone very important to him. Probably his father. Because there's a little Buddha statue. He grabs it and has this vision of someone getting beaten up. Is it his father? I don't know. Because he does not seem too concerned about this vision. So I don't know if he really had a vision. He just grabbed it. This vision happens of someone getting beat up. And then he just keeps on going, like, yep, let me tidy up some more. Like, I don't know, if I had a random vision, I'd be like, whoa. At least, like, a, be a little freaked out about it. He's kind of just, he just act like it didn't happen. Now, Irish fighter goes to the grocery store, because even Irish martial art masters, they need to eat. And he's not the kind 
because he's a city folk. He doesn't have his own farm with chickens that he practices chasing around to hone his martial arts skills. No, so he's got to go to the store to get eggs himself. But at the store, there's some hooligans, and they're running around being hooligans. They steal a cart from an old guy who's kind of just like, eh, they're hooligans. Let them do what they want. I'm too old for this shit. And they're just like breaking eggs and eating donuts straight from the thing and drinking straight from the milk cartons without paying for any of it. And the lady who's works there and her job has been like assembling this paper towel display, just a lot of paper towels. She tells them like, hey, you're going to have to pay for that stuff. And they're all like, hey, well, make me. Ha 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 ha. And, you know, Irish fighter sees this and he's not going to let this stand because he's got morals and scruples and principles and things like that. So he goes up to them. He's like, yeah, you're so tough. Picking on a defenseless woman. And they're like... I mean, that's not an actual quote. Just more I didn't actually pay attention to what they said. This is your first time listening to my podcast. I I make a lot of noises in place of actual quotes because I wasn't paying attention to what exactly they said. But you got the gist of it. And so, you know, he's not going to stand for that. So he kicks the one guy in the balls. Which... I mean, you're a martial arts dude, right? Like, don't you use real martial arts? Not just kick a guy in the ball? Balls? Well, I don't know. Maybe he only connected with one testicle. Which sent him flying through the paper towel display. Knocking the paper towels all over! And then he goes to kick the other guy. And the other hooligan runs off. And he just kind of looks at the lady like, My work here is done. You're welcome. He doesn't say it, because he's not that much of a condescending prick. But he just walks out, and, you know, she looks kind of aghast. She doesn't look, like, thankful, because I wouldn't be either, because they weren't harassing her to the point that it was worth knocking over the fucking paper towel display that she now has to go and pick up and put back together. And, you know, she's a minimum wage employee. Is she really going to make that much of a shit? It over hooligans stealing food. It's like, huh? Stores insured? I, I'm i doing my bare minimum of telling you you have to pay things. You want to continue on? Whatever. I don't care. It's time for my break. Now, over on a farm or some shit like that, there's a henchman smoking, and his mob boss, old guy boss, comes behind him and points a gun. He's like, I ain't fucking paying you to sit around my God, what kind of accent am I doing? I I still maintain my accent's better than the accents of these people who actually are Irish. Or maybe I'm just so used to fake Irish accents that a real Irish accent is kind of like throwing me off. But anyways, he tells like the henchman, like, go do whatever job you are supposed to do. And meanwhile, there's a call for him from Hong Kong. This is where the martial arts is going to come into play, isn't it? Now, Irish fighter dude is back at home, or his dad's house, which is just so fucking dilapidated. And it's got, seems like it's kind of on the farm. There's a lot of yard edge. And he's just trying to clean up things. And he finds an old karate suit. Or, I guess any martial arts. I don't know if it's strictly karate. And now it's fucking bugging me that I can't think of what those things are called. The uniform. Whatever. You know what they are. So we'll just go with it. And I assume it's his dad. Because as we find out in a flashback. And we see this little kid. Just getting picked on by the bullies in the schoolyard. That I assume is Irish guy. When he's a kid. And his father is teaching him the way of martial arts. So that he can become. But he was in a reform school. Aren't reform schools for, like, orphans? Um, no, I guess not really, but I don't know. In Ireland, reform schools are for bullies, right? Let's go. (laughs) I'm just all over the place. I don't know what the fuck a reform school is for. So, but his dad taught him martial arts. I think that's the point of that scene. So, some women are at an ATM. There's 
Blondie, who, you know, she seems to be, like, the major character, and the other two, who she doesn't know, she's just behind them in line, and they're talking about, like, oh, the Bennett boy, who's, you know, Irish karate guy, or Irish fighter, whatever, okay, we'll just go with Bennett, until I forget that his name is Bennett, and they're like, oh, he's in town, hope there's no trouble, because, you know what happened to his father, no, what happened to his father? And they walk away, gossiping. And we don't get to hear it. What happened to his father? I want to know. I mean, Bennett doesn't know, because that's what he said at the beginning of the film, is he wants to find out what happened to his father. So, apparently these random girls, if he just asked them, the movie would be over. So Blondie, she gets her money or whatever. We don't actually even see her go to the ATM. She's just walking down the street, and a car comes, and... You're thinking, oh no, they're going to abduct her, aren't they? But no, the guy pops out, and he's got flowers. From Mickey. Because, of course, you know, it's an Irish film, so of course there's going to be someone named Mickey. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine, you're so fine. Irish rhymes. Hey. <laughs> I, I should have thought that out first. But, you know, they're... You know, they're Mickey's henchmen, so I don't know if Mickey is the old guy. I hope so. I hope the old guy is trying to mack it on this blondie girl. Who looks like she's actually kind of 40, so the age disparity isn't that much, I don't think. Because he's like 80. But, you know, Irish fighter Bennett, he's in earshot and she's like, Hey, these guys are harassing a woman. I cannot let that stand. And so he punches them, or he fights them with, like, the most basic fight moves that don't even connect. But what makes this fight scene just completely awesome is... Okay, so, reminder, we're, like, in a small town. So, kind of city-ish, but, you know, somewhat civilized. Somewhat civilization. There is just this random old white guy with a long beard in a monk outfit or maybe he's a wizard he doesn't have a hat so he's like just this old white monk <laughs> like just the classic like Chinese martial arts monk master but he's clearly white and he's just watching over this and he's like nodding in approval like oh yes this guy who is most basic <laughs> of karate that doesn't even really connect, but the guys fight, his opponents fall down, so he is destined to be a karate master. Oh yes, indeed. He nods in approval. I, I just love the kind of, he's, he, no one notices him, because maybe it's some martial arts tricks. You can't see him, he's invisible, but he can see you, and he approves of your very, very basic mastery of karate. I don't know, is it karate? He fucking just punches and kicks to the face. And not even, like, a good kick to the face. This isn't, like, fucking kickboxer level. This guy is not the next Van Damme. He's not even the next Sasha Mitchell. But, so he walks the lady, a uh, fighter Bennett guy, he walks Blondie, not even home, just kind of a little bit down the road to, like, the field where there's a fork. And he's like, see ya! And she's like, thank you! Which, at least this lady needed the help, kind of. Unlike the poor supermarket girl. But he's like, don't worry. I know what it's like to be bullied. And again, I am not even anywhere close to an Irish accent. That's probably a good thing. Chinese gong as we go to like a mansion or something. And I'm guessing this is Mickey's house because that's where the goons have gone. And I don't know yet if Mickey is the old man or not. But the old man's there as well as the other goon that he like threatened to shoot earlier. And he's like, what the fuck happened to you guys? Because they're all bloodied. Got a big bloody nose from the punch that almost hit his face. And they're like, Jimmy Bennett's back in town. Oh no. But old guy's like, 
why don't we get him to work for us? Wouldn't that be ironic? Because I killed his father! Ho ho ho! Which, I mean, I guess it's kind of irony? I... I will have to consult with Alash Morissette on that one. Because if she says it's ir ironic, then it's not. So Blondie brings a pie to Bennett. Which, I don't know how she even knows his address. Like, is it that small of a town? Like, oh, yeah, there was a house that was boarded up and it just got broken into and now this guy's, like, just kind of cleaning it up. That must be his place! But she brings a pie, which... I'm not going there! You're fucking perverts for going there in your mind. It was a pie pie. The type you eat. Like food that you eat and swallow. And you know what? If you want your minds to go there, go ahead. My mind is remaining clean. It's a regular pie. And so he's like, can I see you again? She's like, I don't know. Can you? Oh, I can feel the sexual chemistry that is not happening here. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, you know... If, if, like, a couple is, like, just fucking, like, hot and on fire, this couple, their tension is, like, fucking Arctic Tundra. I'm saying there's no chemistry between the two of them. So she leaves, and he turns around, and there's some goons in his house. These thugs. How did they get into his house? As far as I can tell, there is only one door in and out of his house, and he was in it. So they somehow got into the house, and he did not hear them, or realize they were in the house. And they don't look like they're fucking, like, martial arts masters that can be all super quiet. They look like they will make a lot of fucking noise on the way in. So I don't know. Just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, how good of a martial arts mar master is he that they got the fucking jump on him in his own home? That has one door that he was watching. I, I love you, movie, because you are so bad. And you're going to give me an aneurysm. So they force him to go to the mansion. And once again, we see the mansion. Chinese gong. Boom. I don't know. Is there a difference between a Chinese gong and a regular gong? I, I'm i being kind of fucking racist by, like, differentiating. It's just a gong. Might be an American gong. Like, they borrowed from the gong show. Or it could be an Irish gong, which would make sense. They're in Ireland. So, Mickey is the young guy. He's not the old guy. The old guy is either his father or grandfather. And he offers Bennett a job. Like, you're good with your hands, and I could need someone like that to do some chores. And he doesn't call them chores. But something like chores, but doesn't sound so infantile. Um, just to do some work around the house or whatever. And you will be paid handsomely, as you can see by all the fancy cars out in the driveway. And he's like, I don't know. Ben's like, eh, maybe I'll think about it. And he leaves, and Mikey's like, what the fuck? I don't want him working for us. And Grandpa, I don't know, I still don't, I don't know if it's Dad or Grandpa, but I'm going to say Grandpa because he's really fucking old. Grandpa's like, oh, don't worry. It's a dangerous job. And sometimes... Accidents happen. Wink, wink. Except I don't think he even winks. It just, like... It's just really fucking obvious. And Mikey's like... Was it Mikey or Mickey? I was singing Mickey earlier, so it has to be Mickey. So, Mickey's like, Oh, you crazy old bastard. Now, Bennett Dude has taken Blondie to on a date to the fair. Because, you know, women love the fair. It's... Why am I, like, making that sound, like, so sarcastic? It's true. Women do love the fair. And they get in the bumper cars. And look at his face. He is taking this way too fucking seriously. Dude, it's bumper cars. Why do you have, like, this hard look of determination on your face that you are going to fucking beat the shit of all the kids who are also doing bumper cars? Have some fun. Don't take it seriously. It's fucking bumper cars. But then everything starts getting like hazy and it's kind of like 
just kind of the effect, the cheap effect when they try to make it seem like someone's like all drugged out or drunk or something. Except as far as we know, I don't know why he would be feeling drugged out or drunk or anything. So I'm going to just go ahead and assume like they fucked up <laughs> with the film while they're working on the film and it just, you get it. They're, they filmed at the wrong speed or something. And then we get another flashback vision. And when he was a kid, he was peeking through a doorway. And while his father was doing something, some man comes in with a samurai sword. And the sword raises. And it comes down. And we see the little kid yell. And then suddenly, Bennett wakes up. It was a nightmare. So, so we just jump from, like, hanging out at the fair with the girl... Like, aren't we going to find out how the date went? At the very least, like, does he get a kiss from her? Like, does she say, like, oh, I had a really good time? Or does it just, eh? This was, and you got way too fucking seriously serious on the bumper cars, so that's where our date ended. And then you got drunk and hazy, and I don't know what the fuck. So, never talk to me again. So, fighter boy <clears throat> Bennett, he... Decides he's got to work this nightmare off, so he goes, uh, does his meditation type things and running and swimming and, you know, all the good stuff that, you know, the martial arts masters do in these films. Meanwhile, the monk guy is stapling flyers to trees. Now, in case you have any doubt that, like, uh, well, maybe this is taking place in old times... The flyer says that this tournament, oh, the flyers are for a tournament taking place in 1995. So there has to be better ways. I understand you're like in this little village in the middle of nowhere of Ireland, but still, there's got to be better spots, right? Like bulletin boards and shit. You're stapling it to fucking trees, and plus you're a monk. You're gonna staple shit into a tree? At least, like, you know, some double-sided tape that can come out easier? You're fucking killing a tree with those staples. Actually, I don't know how much staples do affect trees. But, I just think that stapling flyers to a tree, not a good idea. Now, old mobster guy, he's with his kids. Um, I mean, I know Mickey is his kid. Or grandkid. I don't know how the other guys are related. I, they're probably just thugs. But he's talking about the importance of winning this tournament. Because it makes them look good in the community. Uh, I guess, I mean... It's just one of those things, like... You're the mafia, so you need to get like some good PR shit. Like... I don't know. But they're holding their... They're pinning all their hopes on Siegel. Who's gonna come back from... Hong Kong, hopefully, in time for the tournament. I don't know if this is Steven Siegel. Because, you know... I hope not, because if you're pinning your hopes on Steven Seagal to win a tournament, yeah, not gonna happen. But, you know, they're worried. The thugs are worried, like, well, you know, who are the other competitors? And the old Irish guy is like, It is your job to make sure there's no other competitors. Wow, you know, I think if I just tried not to do an Irish accent, I probably would get closer <laughs> than what I'm doing every time I'm trying to do an Irish accent. But yeah, the thugs have to make sure there's no competitors. And I'm thinking the only real competitor in this town is going to be Futterboy Bennett. So they're going to have to take him out. Now, Mickey calls Blondie and he's like, why haven't I seen you? I really should stop with this attempt at an Irish accent. But I'm not going to. She's like, oh, I've just been busy. <laughs> what the fuck accent was that one? Okay, no, yeah, I think I better not <laughs> try any more Irish accents. But she's all like, oh, you know, I've been busy. And, you know, I've got my work. And he's all like, why don't you quit your job and come live with me. And, you know, be a good old Irish Catholic wife and have ten babies. He didn't say that last part, but you know he thought that. But she's like, oh, I gotta go. And where she's gonna go? She's gonna hang out with fighter boy Bennett. 
and they're walking through the woods, and suddenly they come upon the monastery. Monastery? Monastery. Where the monks live? Because there's more than one monk in Ireland. Irish monks. So, one of them surprises him from behind, and he's like, who are you? And the monk is like, who are you? And I don't know. Then they... I don't know. I don't really even know what to say, because I don't know what they said. But I think the monk, like, invited him to dinner or something. I don't know. I'm just going to assume that's what happened. So, I guess he didn't go to dinner, because now, I don't know if this is a different day, but Fighter Boy Bennett, he's going to the bar because he's Irish. Hey, don't look at me with that attitude, because first of all, I can't see you. So don't look at me. But, you know, it's not me. This film is the one perpetuating the stereotypes that Irish like to drink. And he's trying to go to the bar, but there's some thugs, like, standing outside. And they say he can't come in, so... Wah! He busts out his basic karate moves. And I think this, this time we get sound effects. I don't think the previous times we got, like, these awesome, like, little sound effects of every time... He almost hits the guy. Just, oh my god, the fight choreography, I think, was, you know, like, choreographed by Stevie Wonder or something. They are so fantastically nothing. <laughs> like, it is so, like, basic, like, punch, punch, kick. It's like uh, that old Kung Fu game for the original Nintendo system, and you pretty much could just kick and duck. And I think you could punch as well. And that's all this guy does. So he goes inside and he's like, I want a drink. And some of the thugs from old Irish guys gang is there. And they're drinking because they're Irish. Oh, by the way, like, don't let me forget to mention that there's fucking monks in the bar. They're just standing there in the back. And I don't know if they just kind of were on set that day and they're like, fuck it, we need a drink, <laughs> or they is this going to pay off in the, fu- in the future of this film, or is it just, do Irish monks drink, I mean, I'm sure they drink, I just, I don't know, I guess I always assumed that all monks in all countries, like, brew their own beer, and they drink their own supply, I just never, like, really envisioned them going out to a bar to drink, but, um, this film has proved me wrong. The monks do go out to drink. Anyways, the swan kid, the bartender kid, has is bringing the drinks over to the thugs, and he spills one of the drinks, and they push him like, Dude, that's fucked up. You shouldn't spill beer on me. It was a total accident, so, yeah. Guy's being a dickhead about it, and... You know, fighter boy Bennett, he sees it. He's like, he's not going to stand for that shit. Because he's out there to protect the weak. At least I think so. He's always standing up for the weak. And so, some more basic karate. Pow! Kapow! And he pretty much is fighting everyone in the bar. Except for the monks. Who are just keeping to their own business. They're just there. Because... I mean, they're monks. They're not going to want to get involved into the fight. They're completely neutral. And then the bartender, not the kid bartender that spilled the drinks, but the main bartender who probably owns the bar, he pulls out a shotgun, and he's like, you get your ass out of here. Not an actual quote. And fighter boy Bennett's like, yeah, well, fuck you. And he takes the gun. He punches the bartender or hits him in the elbow, does some sort of basic karate move, takes the gun and points it at him, and he's like, fuck you. Fuck you. That That's how people in the UK say it. Fuck you. Although, I don't know what part of Ireland they're in, so I shouldn't assume that they are in the UK. But, you know, people over there, they say fuck instead of fuck. And so he's like, fuck you, and he walks off. You know, dude just wanted a drink, and... You people just couldn't give him a drink. So that's why shit happens. That's why shit gets fucked up, is that you couldn't give the Irish guy a drink. So one of the thugs, 
he goes back to the old man, and he's got a black eye, and the old man's like, who did this to you? He's like, it was Bennett. By the way, Bennett says he doesn't want to work for you. And then the monk shows up with a piece of paper that I assume is an invitation to the tournament, because then a monk shows up at Bennett's house and hands him an invitation to fight in the tournament. So what's the point of, like, stapling the flyers to the trees? Are they, is that just advertisement for people to know they can come? Because I just assumed that it was kind of like to let you know, hey, you can fight in this tournament, but apparently you get invited. And the thing is, Bennett didn't know what the fuck this tournament was. Blondie Girl had to explain it to him. So how did he get the invitation? So he didn't, like, apply unless, you know, Blondie Girl went behind his back and applied for him. But he's invited to the tournament, so... He's got it into fighting shape, so he goes into the barn and takes off his shirt so that he can lift up the punching bag, and then for some reason puts his shirt back on so he can work out. So, you know, I don't want to ruin my shirt in putting this punching bag on, but I don't think I'm going to break a sweat in the actual <laughs> working out. And so, you know, he's throwing punches and kicks at the punching bag, and occasionally actually hits the punching bag and it looks like the barn's gonna like fall down every time he actually does hit the punching bag because it just completely shakes um i don't think this was a very like sturdy place to set up your practice area but then the monk shows up and he's like meet me tomorrow i will train you like i trained your dad and ben is all like what do you know about my dad the monk's just like meet me tomorrow so Bennett goes to the middle of the woods to meet the monk, and the monk says, Good, we start training tomorrow. Which, and that's all. Like, you couldn't have done just arranged and told them to meet you the next day instead of today if you're not even going to do anything today. And it's not like a matter of he has to stay in the woods with the monk while he trains, because in the middle of the training montage, we see him horseback riding with the blondie girl. And then they go and throw rocks in the river. It's so sweet and lovely. And then back to training. While the monk is playing bagpipes. Which I assumed was only a Scottish thing. I guess goes to show what an uncultured coof I am. That I didn't know that the Irish play bagpipes too. And why not? Everyone should have the right to be annoying by playing bagpipes. Should not just be a Scottish thing. But, you know, after a while, Bennett's getting bored with the... Well, not bored, but frustrated with all this training that's basically him just running around and then occasionally the monk hits him with a stick. It's not as exciting as it sounds, believe me. I, I, I had faith, I had hope that when I saw... The monks start hitting him with a stick, like, okay, this is going to get interesting. It does not. And he's just frustrated, he's like, tell me about my father. And the monk's like, after training. And Bennett's like, fuck this, and storms off. And then we get a close-up of the monk, and I can see it in the monk's eyes. He knows that Bennett has the gift. Bennett has the spirit burning in him. Bennett is going to whatever of course he's gonna win he's the hero of the film so the training montage continues but this time instead of the irish bagpipes we're getting that wannabe youtube band again and who shows up but blondie and she blows some tumbleweeds not tumbleweeds um you know the what is it is it the dandelion you know after the dandelion dies and you just blow it and all the things just go flying and it's so cute and adorable um I don't know if the monk realizes that this blondie girl keeps showing up. Because, you know, she's going to distract him from his training. He needs singular focus. And then these two random guys that may have been in the movie earlier. I don't know. I don't remember. But they're spying and they see that Bennett's training with a monk. So this isn't like a secret place, I guess. Because anyone can just find it. But then she, these two guys, these two random guys go to see Mickey. And I don't know if they know Mickey. Because it kind of seems like he didn't know who they were. 
but he comes. They come and tell him that you know Bennett is training in the woods with a monk. So I guess they must know something. They must know that this is something Mickey would care about. <laughs> like, hey, that Bennett dude's training with a monk, probably for the tournament. And Mickey's all pissed off about this. Like, we can't let him into the tournament. And Mickey tells one of the thugs, like, you go get some guys and you fucking kill him and k kill the fucking monk. Which, guys, why did you fucking rat out? Bennett and the monk. Okay, I can understand, you know, Bennett. He's an asshole, and I think he kicked your ass earlier. But the monk's just a monk. He's just trying to live his life and train Bennett to win a karate tournament. But that could just be, you know, because he bet on Bennett, so he wants to make sure Bennett wins. It's okay for monks to gamble, right? So Bennett and Blondie, they're having a picnic. But, because, you know, seriously... You can't focus on your training all the time, even though you certainly should if you're going to be a martial arts master. That's just the way of the life. That's why monks don't fuck, because they need to be celibate in order to completely focus on their chi or some other like martial arts terms that I am completely bastardizing from American films. But, you know, he's having a picnic, and she's looking the best that she has in all the whole film so far because I haven't thought she's that hot but she's got leather pants and leather pants go a long way and she's brawless headlights are full on so yeah I, I can dig this I can see why Bennett and his ugly mug would hit it or want to hit it and so he's about to kiss her but then he hears dirt bikes uh oh that's the trouble of brewing because only no good goodniks uh, ride dirt bikes. And so he goes to ambush them. And he swings around the tree to kick one of the dirt bike guys in the face and knocking him off. And, okay, I'll admit that was actually fucking cool. <laughs> that was cool looking. But shouldn't you have at least waited to make sure he's a bad guy? What if it's just some innocent dirt bike enthusiast who got lost? And you just fucking kicked him in the face. And then he goes, and this other dirt bike guy, he's, well, he's taking a break. He's gotten off his dirt bike, and Bennett comes and kicks him in the face. And takes his gun, and takes his dirt bike. Leaves the helmet. Because, you know, Bennett don't need no helmet. He lives free. He lives wild. He lives dangerously. And he takes the dirt bike and grabs Blondie and like, we're out of here. And there's a high-speed chase with a car chasing after them. And then some more dirt bike guys. And Bennett takes out the gun and shoots one of the dirt bike guys. And again, what if it's just an innocent bystander who decided to ride a dirt bike? I don't know. Maybe in Ireland, there really are no good people that ride dirt bikes. And the only thing that can stop a bad guy with a dirt bike is a good guy with a dirt bike. You know, so if this whole thing, like, every dirt bike rider is a dirt bag, you know, Ben's got to be careful because maybe some other guy is going to come by and like, oh, he's part of the dirt bike mafia. But he sets uh, Blondie down and says, wait right here because he's going to do some awesome dirt bike shit. Which involves, he stands up on the dirt bike and starts shooting at everyone. Somehow managing to keep the dirt bike straight. Like, maneuvering it. I don't know how he's maneuvering it. Maybe he's using his feet. I don't know. Because it, I would assume you need at least one hand on the handle. Because isn't that how dirt bikes work? Like, like a, like a motorcycle where you gotta pump the handle? No, he's standing on it. He's got his hands raised, shooting everyone, managing to keep the dirt bike moving and not spilling over and taking a nasty tumble, which by all rights he should. But unfortunately, since he left Blondie unprotected, a couple of the dirt bike guys come by and they kidnap her. So the thugs take Blondie to a trailer where Mickey is and... I hope this isn't where Mickey actually lives. Like, 
that he lives in a trailer. Like, I hope this is just he borrow is borrowing a trailer or just has one for onset emergencies on location or something. Like, well, you know, I'm gonna have to wait around while you guys go get her from the forest, and you know, I'm not gonna be in a car waiting this whole time. So let me get a trailer. I, I yeah, I hope this isn't like his normal home. Because he's fucking rich. You know, he's related to the old guy who's fucking rich. And he tells Blondie, like, I'm going to make sure Bennett does not get into that competition. And she's like, he'll come for me. He's like, I hope she, I hope he does. And Bennett does not go looking for her. He goes home, aching. And then he sees a note on his table, like, oh no, someone broke into his house and left a note. So he knows what he has to do. Run into the forest. Where the thugs have trying to kidnap the monk. But not when Bennett's around. And more kapow pow kung fu karate. I, that's very offensive of me, isn't it? Because I still don't know. I don't know which kind of martial arts he's actually doing. He's doing one of them. He's doing the punch kick martial art. Whichever one that one is, you know. But he saves the monk. But he tells the monk about the note. And we see the note and it says, Loose or die. Loose or die. And I'm assuming, you know, they meant lose. And didn't know how to spell, so they put an extra O in there. But who knows? It could be, you know, break loose or you're going to die. You know, just loosen up that tie or you're going to die. But no, it probably is that he has to lose the tournament. And he doesn't know what to do. But Monk tells him, you must win. So apparently, if you win, you will break their power. Um, So, I don't really know how much the Mafia's power is being like built around their martial arts skills, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Like... Is it the winning of the tournament every year that gives the Mafia their power and their stronghold over this town? But Bennett's like, but they got Blondie! And Monk's like, we will get her back, but you must win. Bennett walks around the forest while Wannabe U2 plays on the soundtrack, and Bennett's reminiscing about all the great times that he's had with Blondie. The time they went horseback riding, the time they fucked... The time that they were being chased by evil dirtback mafia guys and he had to shoot them. Yeah, no, really. That was like one of the memories he flashed back to. And my favorite, the time that he went up to Mickey and she wasn't there anyhow. But maybe that's just reminding him like, Oh, Mickey, you're a bad guy. You're a bad guy. I'm going to punch you, Mickey. Oh, Mickey. So Bennett goes back to the monk and... He's decided he has got to win this tournament. And in order to win the tournament, he must finish his training. So we get another training montage. Then meanwhile, a biplane lands in the middle of a field. It's Siegel. He's back from Hong Kong. And the old man's there to meet him. He's like, I've got a job for you. But I'll tell you later. And then back to more training montage. Oh, jeez, I'm so fucking sick of them. Although he does kick down a tree. Almost. I, he put some dents in it. I was I was starting to get excited. Like, oh, he's going to fucking kick down a tree? That's actually pretty awesome. Uh, but no, he just kind of kicks off a few levels of bark. I, You know, film, you almost had a moment of an awesome scene. You could have had him kick down a tree. No. What, you just want it to be realistic because it's not realistic for someone to be able to kick down a tree I don't care if it's realistic or not that is shit is fucking cool so I want a film where someone kicks down a tree it's the day of the tournament and they're filming in a real castle because when people are speaking it's like super echoey and shit because obviously they don't have a real sound crew and they probably just set the microphone and like oh yeah there's just all this reverberate reverberations and badass echo yeah we'll stick with it because what are we going to do we can't afford to make another take and so the tournament's starting and 
must be an international tournament because the first guy is like draped in an American flag. So go USA! So fuck Bennett. I am cheering for this big beefy motherfucker. He's got an American flag and a mustache. So I'm rooting for him to win now because I'm going to show my American pride. Like fuck you Ireland. America's going to win this tournament. And so the tournament goes on and if you've seen any movie that features a martial arts tournament yeah this is the exact same like just play through just a lot of fighting just a lot less exciting than pretty much any other martial arts tournament i've seen in a film because this is most of it's basic shit although there's some dropped elbows and russian leg sweeps and well no actually i don't think they're russian leg sweeps but they are leg sweeps and yeah I just unfortunately it's not one of those tournaments that they fight to the death because that would make this a lot more interesting but still I am rooting for the American looks like he's still in it now over at the trailer where Blondie is being held captive by a couple of the thugs the thugs are drinking and smoking and playing cards and for some reason parts of this are in slow motion which I had noticed earlier during the fight scenes that they do like a couple of shots within the fight scene that were slow motion and I thought maybe like okay it was just a, some sort of bad stylistic choice but I think maybe they were just trying to pad out the runtime some cause okay I can understand it being kind of stylistic choice in a fight trying to give some drama for a fucking card game? are they trying to increase drama of like will the thug fold and then Bennett's talking to the monk and the monk's telling him about his father. Which apparently Bennett's father used to be a monk. And that's how he got trained. And this seems to be the pep talk that Bennett needs. And it's back to the tournament. And one guy gets his neck snapped. And completely nonchalant from the audience. Like, no one seems to care that they just saw someone die right before their eyes. Because there's no rules in this tournament as the mo other monk, the head monk, keeps telling us. There are no rules. So the fight goes on, and the American is kicking ass until it's time to fight Siegel, who's probably the only guy in the tournament that's bigger than him. And the American, he puts up a good fight, but Siegel wins. And I'm sad. I, I'm done. I'm done. I've got no horse left in this race. I, I'm completely uninvested in the rest of this tournament. But we get down to the finals, and wouldn't you believe it? It's Siegel versus Bennett. Ha! Who who could who could have seen that one coming? I don't know. But you know they're fighting, and it looks like Siegel's gonna win. But then the monk some does some sort of weird chanting, and this seems to give Bennett the superpower that he needs. And he comes back, and he beats Siegel. Woo! Bennett has won. So I think that means the mob's power is broken. Um, some sort of spell, just kablooey, I don't know. I don't really know how this works. So Bennett, after winning, chases down the thugs that were there in the audience before they can call into their boss that he won the tournament because he wants to catch the surprise on them as he drives up to the trailer where they're holding Blondie, which I don't know how he found out. And for some reason, there's a guy wearing nothing but a cowboy hat and he goes to take a bath and... I got a little, I saw a little wang, and that, and by little wang, I mean I saw a little bit of the wang, not necessarily that it was a little wang, it could have been little, I didn't get a good look at it, all I know is that there was wang, it was there, this film has partial frontal nudity, I, I was not expecting that, and honestly, there's like 10 minutes left in the film, and this is the point where I usually just start tuning out. So, I don't know. There's gunshots, like big gunfight, and he does some karate, and then one of the thugs comes out with Blondie, and he's like, let the girl go! And, I don't know. Let me go back and see what happens. I'm betting he saves the girl. Yeah, Bennett saves the girl. But, to be fair, she does assist. You know, never downplay the woman's role in helping save herself. Because she 
stomped on the guy holding the gun towards to her head, and that gave Bennett the opportunity to kick him in the face. But then Mickey, did I say Mickey shows up and he's got a gun pointed at them, and he's like, "I'm gonna kill you" or something, and then some fighting and the girl punches Mickey and Mickey knocks her down and you know while he's distracted beating up on a woman here comes Bennett with super strength and he snaps his neck snaps Mickey's neck not his own neck that is possible right that you can snap your own neck I'm not gonna try because <laughs> if it is possible and I snap my own neck that that would be kind of bad but Mickey's dead now, so, you know, Bennett and the girl can live happily ever after. Oh, there's still, like, some more time in this film. Fuck me. So they get their second chance at the picnic. Uh, Bennett and Blondie, that is. And, you know, there's nothing going to interrupt them this time. So they close the eyes and they're about to kiss when... Oops, there's a shotgun to Bennett's face. It's the old man. I gotta say, for like a fucking martial arts mar artist master, Bennett is fucking horrible because people sneak up on him all the time. Like, he didn't notice that a guy... I mean, the dirt bikes he heard because dirt bikes are fucking loud as hell. But this guy managed to sneak up on him and put a shotgun to his face and he did not realize that. Until the shotgun was to his face. I, I don't know about you. I'm Granted, I've never had a shotgun to my face. But I would think if someone's about to point a shotgun to my face, I would notice when they're at least five feet away from me. Come on. Like, like yeah, they'll manage to get it to my face and shoot my face off. I'm not, you know, denying that. But I would know from at least five feet away that they're coming to put a shotgun to my face. But luckily, this is Bennett, and he's, like, super awesome, and he fucking grabs a shotgun, and he shoots the old man. And now, they live happily ever after. And then we get the funny outtakes that aren't that funny. And made even worse by fucking fake U2 playing over it again. Oh. But mercifully, this movie is at an end. And, oh boy. Um, from what I understand, this is the first, last, and only Irish martial arts film. And, uh, there is very good reason for that. <laughs> very, very good reason. The Irish just are not good martial artists. And, I'm sorry, once the American lost in the tournament, there just really was no point left to this film. I I want a sequel that's based completely around the American in the tournament and his second chance. I don't know. Did he get killed during the tournament? I don't know. They weren't very clear on if people get killed, if these fights were to the death. Because there was the one guy that got his ne neck snapped. But, as usual... Support my Patreon, that does not exist. But if you want to send me money, feel free to just send me money. If not, you know, send requests for something you want to watch. Leave a comment if you're on the YouTube page. If not, velvetowl at hotmail.com. And I'm going to say, like, usually every week I say, you know, you don't have to click the like and subscribe button because I don't give a fuck. I'm not going to force you into it. But I would like it, because I am up to, like, 80 subscribers now on my YouTube page. And that, like, excites me. Because I don't even have 80 friends, so these people are people I don't know. <laughs> That's exciting. I don't know why they subscribe to my channel. I guess there's someone out there, some of you, that do enjoy this podcast or maybe some of the other videos that I put up on YouTube. So, but, yeah... Let's get let's I want to I want to hit 3 digits in my subscriber count. And I will have a party by myself and eat some cake alone in the corner crying, which is what I do every Friday night. Till next time.
I will watch more movies so you don't have to. And I want to thank the Living Brain Dead for providing the official theme song for Velvet Owl Watches Movies So You Don't Have To. It's called Never Fuck With Cat Girls, and you can get it at livingbraindead.com, which you should totally do. They are not paying me for this, so I shilled them out of my love for the music. <laughs>